The reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from that cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are times in our lives when we look around and wonder, is this all there is? Sometimes it's just a passing question in a moment of boredom. Other times it's for a season. It's from a place of despair. Is this all there is? We look at our life and our circumstances, and sometimes we want more. There is a restlessness, a searching, a longing for something else. Sometimes it's called a midlife crisis. And it can make us do crazy things, this seeking and this searching. We get a new job or a new car. Maybe we take up a new hobby or go on a trip, pour ourselves into work thinking that if we can just get a little further ahead, that will change things. But I think often when we do this, we find that not much changes. And it's not about the particular circumstances of our life. It's about us. This restlessness and desire for something more can often mean that we have maybe been living life out of the full depth, uh, away from the full depth that we could be living it in. Maybe our life has become a little bit superficial. We've been skimming across the surface. Because in a lot of ways, Skimming across the surface of life is easier. It's more efficient. It's encouraged and rewarded by much of the world today. But it fails to see and experience that the world is deep. It is transfigured and creation is filled with a divine light that we can miss if we're just trying to move quickly along the surface. Living life on the surface keeps us judging circumstances. Looking at them as if they are a picture. And if it's pretty, if it's pleasing, if it's what we hoped for, if it shows us what we want to see, then God is good and life is as it should be. And when we don't see what we want, then we can look for a new picture. Our searching and our longing for more they're not usually answered by just changing the circumstances. Rather, we find our answer in depth and in intimacy and in vulnerability of a deeper journey. 
We do not need to see new things, but often we need to see the same old things with new eyes. We do not need to hear a different voice. Instead, we need to listen to that same voice with different ears. We don't need to escape the circumstances of our life. We need to be more fully present. When this happens, in these moments when we can move out of the surface, these are the transfigured moments. Moments when the picture of our life has become a window into a new world when we come face to face with the glory of God. Most of us, I think, seek God in these circumstances of life. We want God to show up, to be present, to do something. This is the God who does. This is the God described in Mark's gospel up to the point of today's reading. We might think about this as the first part of the spiritual journey. It's the journey of discovering God in the circumstances. That is what the disciples have been doing alongside Jesus up to this point. They have seen Jesus casting out demons, healing Peter's mother-in-law, curing the sick. Jesus has cleansed the leper and made a withered hand new and strong. The blind now see and the thousand have been fed. This is the God about whom people talk. This is the God that is trendy that is popular, that everyone wants to meet. But at some point in this journey, we begin to discover the God who is beyond just these circumstances and these acts. This is the God who is. This is the second part of the spiritual journey. Jesus is leading Peter, James, and John up the mountain to discover the God who is beyond circumstances. Here, their picture of life's circumstances will become windows by which they move into the depths of God's life and God's light and God's love. There on the mountain, they saw Jesus transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white. The cloud overshadowed them, and they heard God's voice speaking of his beloved son. Peter wants to build a dwelling place. He wants to frame Jesus and Elijah and Moses and capture that moment. It is good for us to be here, he says. He wants to preserve it. He wants to take that picture. But pictures are static. On the Mount of Transfiguration, our pictures of life's circumstances become windows through which we can step into a new world, a new way of seeing and a new way of being. That's what happened for Peter, James, and John. Jesus did not suddenly light up and become something he was not. But their eyes were opened. They could see Jesus for the fullness that he had always been. The voice in the cloud was not new, but their ears were opened and they could hear that voice that had been speaking from the very beginning. This moment of transfiguration is as much about them as it is about Jesus. Whenever our picture of life circumstances become a window into a new life, we stand in a transfigured moment. The circumstances haven't changed, but we have. And often that can change everything. 
And these moments are all around us. I think each of us could tell a story about stepping back from the picture of life, seeing with new eyes, listening with different ears, and discovering a window that opens us into another way of being. Maybe it was the day you revealed to another person a secret you had been carrying. And in telling the secret, the picture of your life as one of guilt and shame became an open window into a beautiful light. It could be out of the loss of someone close to you. But a moment when you can feel a joy in their memory and that picture of death and loss becomes a window where you can step into the mystery of life and hope and love that is eternal. For some of you, it might have been the day that your child was born and you held them for the very first time. Yes, it was a picture of a newborn, but it was also a window through which you stepped and were forever changed. When I was in seminary, we read a book called The Landscapes of Faith, and it talks about the desert, the mountaintop, and the valley. In the desert, that is where you are going through the trials of life. That is where, uh, you know, Jesus spent his, his days of isolation and temptation. The desert is the place of struggle. The desert is the place we want to move through quickly, but often we can't move through it too quickly because there are lessons to be learned in that desert place. The valley is the place that we live most of our lives. It's where we journey with the lessons that we've learned. It's where we move through our faith and our relationships. And then there are the mountaintop moments, like the disciples experienced on this transfiguration moment. The mountaintop is that pinnacle of faith when you experience something so life-changing that you are transfigured and changed. You are renewed. I was lucky enough when I was growing up that I got to go every summer up to the Sawtooths to church camp. And I think it is a special thing when your faith mountaintop moments can really happen on a mountaintop. For a lot of my friends when we were studying this, this was a theoretical thing. They come from the east where they don't have mountains, they have gently rolling hills that they call mountains. They don't like it when you say that to them, by the way. <laughs> but we have these mountaintop moments and we often, we want to stay there. We understand that impulse of the disciples to say, let us build an altar and stay here and worship. Who would want to walk away from the moments of clarity, of overwhelming light and joy? But on the mountaintop, the things that are planted don't yet bear fruit. They can't grow there. They can't change there. They can't become what they need to become there. What you experience on the mountaintop might not even make sense yet. As Jesus says to them, tell no one about this until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. I hope all of you have been fortunate enough to experience a mountaintop moment when everything changed and you saw things more clearly. And if you have, then you know the challenge is how do you translate it into day-to-day -day life? How do you take your mountaintop moment in a way that nurtures new life and the promise of new and beautiful things?
What is keeping you in the desert? And can you pull on that mountaintop moment to remind you that we are transfigured and we move forward? What is holding you on your mountaintop? What fear is keeping you from taking it down into the valley where it can be nurtured? From walking with the rest of us and sharing that light. Peter was in a rush to act during his mountaintop moment. He wanted to do something, anything, in that moment to capture it. And the voice from God had to boom across the mountain in order to get him to be quiet long enough to get the point. That following Jesus is more important than admiring him. That being the church is more important than worshiping the church. Transfigured moments change us. They sustain us and they prepare us. They encourage and guide us into the future regardless of those circumstances that we will face. They show us who we are. We are the transfigured people of God. And so I invite you all to open your eyes and to see a transfigured world, to open your ears and to hear that transfigured voice, to open your heart and become a transfigured life because every picture of life is an open window that says, no, that is not all there is. Thanks be to God. Amen.